So, uh, kiddos, you can draw pictures of my sermon. I would love to see what that looks like afterwards. <laughs> so, we continue this morning uh, in our visionary sermon. We didn't make it too far last week, and so we want to pick up from where we left off uh, with this week's uh, message entitled, What Can You Do in 2022? And uh, I believe God desires for His people to represent Him, to shine their light greater, better than we have in recent days. And I know that as the world grows darker, light should grow brighter. And Christian, you and I have an opportunity to let Christ shine in us and through us. My intent in this topical message this morning is to simply remind you of whose you are. As a believer in Christ, you've been bought with the precious blood of Christ. You're not your own. We belong to Him. And therefore, may the grace of God convict us this morning, remind us this morning of why He still has you and me here, and it's for His glory. And that's always for our good. And so I pray that you will be encouraged in the Word of God today as we look to what we can do in 2022. We sort of left you with this thought last week. How does God measure success? Again, a lot of definitions out there on what success looks like and what it is. But for us, guys, this is not our home. And if we're being reminded today, even more so today, we're being reminded that we are pilgrims. We're passing through. This place is not for you and me. And that becomes more and more evident with sin that waxes worse and worse. With the struggles, with the battles, with the problems that we face. And so, God says success is for you and I to one day hear, well done, good and faithful, sir. Because I don't want to ever lose sight of that. And sometimes a pastor's not immune to it. Just like you, I can wander in the wilderness. I can stumble. I can fall. There go I except for the grace of God. And we all should be reminded, take heed, lest we fall. So I pray that today as we look through this, uh, again, basics, fundamentals of the faith, things that we know that we should be doing, I pray that the Spirit of God will just prompt your heart. Whatever has caused you to stumble, whatever's taken your eyes off of Jesus, whatever's gotten in the way of joy in the Lord, Will you surrender it today? Will you lay it down at the altar? Will you let it go? And will you, instead of carrying that heavy burden, that attempt in your own strength, will you pick up a burden that's light? Christ's yoke is light. There should be joy in that service. And that's my desire, that we will serve the Lord in 2022 with a lightness, a joy, realizing who we serve. 
and recognizing that one day you and I will cross that finish line into the very presence of our glorious God where we'll hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. I ask you if you were in last week. I've been asking this question since for the past year. And you recognize that for us at Community Baptist Church, two goals in order to be deemed successful. One is our faithfulness to reach the lost. That's, that's goal number one. It's never changed. It's always been the mission of this church. Goal number one, church, to reach the lost. Goal number two, make disciples. Every ministry that we do here, whether it be the basketball sports ministry for youth or adults, whether it be the ladies' ministry, whether it be the men's ministry, whether it be the senior saints' ministry, whether it be the nursery, the children's church, regardless of what ministry it is, that's simply to accomplish the second goal, which is to make disciples. It's a platform for the gospel to reach the lost, and it's a platform for the gospel to be shared through discipleship and to make disciples. Never lose sight of that. To internalize that mission, to internalize the Word of God so that we won't sin against God. When we keep our eyes on Christ, we're less likely to stumble. When we internalize the Word of God, it becomes the guide that we need. It becomes the internal abode that helps us in navigating the path of life with all its problems along the way. We need to invest in the lives of those around us. And that's why, again, the ministries that are offered here, we need to be investing not only in them and helping to make disciples, we need to be investing our lives daily in one another. And we need to be influencing, impacting our community. And guys, let's just be honest. I've been here for 13 years, and I'm just going to say it. We can do a greater and better job of all of these things. I'm starting with me. What can I do in 2022? I know what I can do in 2022. And I'm committing by God's grace, by His strength, that I will do it. And I pray that you will do the same. Because I believe wholeheartedly, based upon the authority of Scripture, if you're in, we'll have success. Because you know what success isn't contingent upon? How many people are sitting in the pews? We could labor till the Lord returns and never see a single convert. We could labor faithfully for the Lord in helping to invest our lives into others and they never receive it. And you will finish the race successful. Because it's not up to you and it's not up to me to produce the results. What's up to you and me is to be faithful to our calling, to be faithful in the race, to do what God has called us to do. That's your goal, that's my goal, and if we will be faithful to what God has called us to, we will hear the words one day, well done, good, and faithful, sir. If you want to know, simply put what you and I can do in 2022, be faithful. Be faithful to the things of God. 
be faithful to each other as disciples of Christ. Again, we left you with this thought in 24, Joshua 24, 15. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourself today what you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers had served beyond the river or the gods of the, the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If there's ever been a time where you need to recommit your life to Christ, it's today. Whatever's led you astray or gotten between your focus, between you and the Lord, lay it down. Put your eyes on Christ. Seven things you can do in 2022. This is where we've left off. We're going to pick up here today. And again, this is a, a, a topical, Lord willing. And, and guys, you know me. It is, there has been nothing more painful. And I love... I, I, I'm, an, I'm a book study guy, and I've not been in a book study since last spring. I need no reminders, guys. No one's been struggling more than me. But I believe that these are some things that we've needed to do. Um, but I'm ready to return to a book study. Pray for that, please. Um, in God's time, there are a few other things that, that need to be addressed, and I trust the Lord to lead in that. But seven things we can do in 2022. The first thing is reach someone for Jesus. Reach someone for Jesus. Now, again, you're not responsible for the result. You are responsible to go out and reach someone for Jesus, to make those efforts, to put it before the Lord in prayer, to go after and, and do diligence to pursue what God has called you to pursue. And one of the things clearly spelled out in Scripture is for you and I to be a witness, to share our faith with others. Reach someone for Jesus. That's the first thing I want you to do in 2022. That's what God wants you to do in 2022. It doesn't matter what I want you to do. What does God want you to do? He wants you to reach someone for Christ. That's authoritative Scripture. Romans 1.16, Paul wrote this saying, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Guys, isn't it pretty awesome to think about this? That again, the power doesn't rest in you and your words, your ability, uh, what you share, what you can say, what you can do. That's not the power. The power is in the gospel. It's the gospel that changes lives. The gospel seed has everything it needs within it to cause what needs to be grown. Everything that's needed for new life is in the gospel of Christ. And when that finds fertile soil, it will grab root and it will grow and it will produce fruit. You're not responsible for those things. You're responsible to simply sow the seed and water it. And sometimes we don't know when we're entering into that work. We don't know, am I the one that's sowing the seed here for the first time? Am I coming along and watering seed that's already been planted? But you and I have a responsibility to be faithful to reach someone for Jesus. Whether you're the first chain in the chain link, or whether you're the middle link, or whether you're the last link. Some of you, I think, are the missing link. But that's another story. Thank you. We all are called to do something. 
in sharing our faith. No one is on the bench when it comes to Team Jesus, when it comes to sharing our faith. And you say, well, I don't know what to say, Pastor. I don't know what to do. You know what? Start simple. Start simple, guys. Grab a gospel tract. Simply hand it to someone. Wow, that's difficult. I don't know. I I, I might feel those. Then leave it in the bathroom. Trust me, there's plenty of reading time. Someone will come along after you and probably want to read it. I'm, I'm not kidding. Guys, we went to school with somebody. Some of you young folks, listen here, you probably don't know what these things are, but there used to be a thing called a phone booth. Yes. Superman used to change into that, but anyway. I went to college. Went, Alice and I went to college. Mark, you may remember, went to college with a guy who, on his way home one night, he was on his way home to commit suicide. Stopped by a phone booth to call his mother to have a farewell conversation. There in the phone booth was a gospel track. He took it home, went to his bedroom, decided, why not? Might as well read it. He read it, he hit his knees next to his bed, and he cried out to the Lord. He was converted. And now, at that time, he was in Bible college, seeking the Lord, growing in his discipleship. Don't think that a little piece of paper with the Word of God on it, can't make a difference. Greg Ball would tell you different. You're simply called to sow the seed. You never know how God's going to use it. We're called to be a witness for Christ. We need to reach someone in 2022. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Guys, if we're not sharing our faith in LaGrange, in Goldsboro, in North Carolina, and to the ends of the earth, we're not being faithful to the Lord. We're not. Because Scripture over and over and over and over and over again tells us this is what we're to do. We're to occupy until He returns. This is our mission. This, this is our marching orders until He comes back. And we need to be faithful in doing that. Let me give you a little illustration. Uh, I've seen, we've, we've used this before here, but it's been a while. Let, well, let me highlight this scripture and then I'm going to show you, show you something. Um, Acts 20, 24, but none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Read that passage and let it, I'm going to just be quiet for a second. And I want you to read this and, and let that sink into you. What's the ministry you receive? What's the ministry I've received? Yeah, I understand, you know, well, Paul, and, but again, we know throughout Scripture, the whole of Scripture, and we use the whole of Scripture, right? We don't pull one verse out. 
we've received from the Lord Jesus Christ a mission, a ministry. And that's to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. We all need to reach someone for Jesus in 2022. I want to illustrate something for a second. Caleb, let me borrow you, buddy. Oh, man, he put me on the spot. Can I borrow you for a second? Come stand around. Let's just imagine in 2022, Caleb represents some, some guy I've been praying for. I've been, he's a co-worker. Maybe he's a neighbor. But, but God has put somebody on my heart, and I begin to pray for that person, and I begin to, to just be burdened for them. And in 2022, I just reach one person, year one. 2022, I reach one person. How many people? Math. Okay, you got to help me with math because you already know my math's terrible. Thank you. How many people now have we reached? How many people are there total? Two. Y'all are doing good. Caleb, I'm going to go find one person. I want you to pick out one person, all right? Katie, come up here. All right, Dad, did he cut? Good, man. Hey, that's smart. Keep it in the household, right? All right. So, all right, check it out. Two years have gone by now. How many people do we see? All right, go get somebody. Everybody go get one. Car oh, you got Karis? I'll take Faith. Come here, Faith. Let's go. Just pick one person out. All right, come on up here. All right, guess what, guys? After four years, we now have, by the way, we skipped a year. If you didn't notice that. So everybody go get another one. Sarah, come up here. Grab somebody real quick, real quick. Just point somebody out. Come on, stand up. You can step right where you're at. All right. Oh, wow, look at that. Everybody picked one. Everybody picked one, right? Check it out. Within four years' time, we have been able to share the gospel by simply reaching one person. I reached one person. One person. And we got 16. I want you to point to somebody. Don't go get them. Point to somebody. Everybody point to somebody. Stand up, Eric. Just right where you're at. You don't got to come up front. Just stand up right where you're at. If they point to you, just stand up right where you are. Guess what, guys? All right, everybody, all y'all included, point somebody out. Point somebody out. Elijah, I'm pointing at you. Everybody point somebody out. Everybody point somebody out. You got it? In six years, all right, we don't have enough to illustrate here today. We keep going. Everybody go grab a seat. Everybody go grab a seat. Thank you all. Give yourself a hand. Give yourself a hand. Good job. Good job. Again, I just want to simply illustrate some basic simplistic math. We're not asking you to do a whole lot here, guys. We're simply asking you to obey what your Lord, what your Savior has called you to do. The one that you and I are going to stand before one day and give an account for our life. And I'm simply begging and I'm simply pleading that if you will take the gospel, which is our ministry that we've been entrusted with, to one soul this year in 2022, you'll begin to see this principle of spiritual multiplication. In six years, we'll be at 64. In eight years, we will reach 256 people within eight years. Within 10 years, you're looking at 1,024 people who've come to know Christ that are, are being trained and discipled because we don't just save them and, and leave them, right? We, we, we reach them with the gospel. And then we seek to disciple them. In year 12, you're up to 4,000. In year 13, you're reaching 8,000 people. Look at within 20 years where you're at. Look at what begins to happen when you begin to invest one soul at a time as an individual, one person, one person, one person only. And in 32 years, within 33 years, by the way, this church is going to be celebrating 50 years. So this is a lot longer than the math you see up on the screen. Guys, that's more than the current world population. 
if God's people would simply be faithful. The results are in God's hands. That's not up to you and me. You pour your heart out, you pray, and you put feet to your prayer on that one soul this year. Ask God to give you one soul this year. And you pray. And you put feet to the prayer. And you go after that person. And you're faithful to sow that seed. We'll leave the results in His hands. But God has already told us in His Word that the harvest is plentiful. It's the laborers that's few. And so you and I need to be faithful in our labor. That's what you can do in 2022. I want you to reach someone for Jesus. You also can get involved in a local church ministry. Again, what are our goals? Our goal is to reach the loss and to disciple. These are ways in which we can do this. Get involved in a local church ministry. Why? Many people are asking, why? I'm glad you asked. That's a good question. Glorifying God by serving in the local church ministry is the purpose of our salvation. Maybe I could have phrased it, it's one of the purposes of our, ministry, of our, of our salvation. What do I mean? Well, again, God didn't save you to sit, soak, and sour. Right? I've heard that before, right? God didn't save you to sit, soak, and sour. Okay, if you've got a sour attitude right now, it's not pastor's fault. It's not the church's fault. We know it's definitely not Jesus' fault. Try this one on for size, guys. Maybe we all look in the mirror. Maybe it's my fault. Because I know my heart, according to Scripture, which tells me I don't know my heart. <laughs> it's deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And when I often find that I have conflicts in my life and relationship or I, I'm wanting to play the blame game, it's everybody's fault but your own, right? It's a, you know, if that job, if, if that boss of mine would just, you know, if I just got a pay raise, things would be different in our life. Oh, you know, if I could just, just, just save enough money to get that boat, I could... What, we, we look at all kinds of things as being the issue. And it's never the issue. I'm the issue. You're the issue. Our problem is us. Self. Self is on the center of the throne. That's why you and I have the problems we have. The problem's not the problem. The problem is my inability to deal with it. And the only way I'm going to be able to deal with it is in Christ. But I don't want to forgive that person. You don't know what they've done to me. Well, Jeremy, you may not want to do that, but Christ has already done that. He did it on the cross 2,000 years ago. So are you a disciple of mine? Are you going to follow me or are you going to stew in your own potty mess? He says potty mess. Anyway, he doesn't say that. But that's my choice, right? That's my choice. Or I can choose to lay it down, and I can choose to 
forgive and I can choose to move forward in the grace of God which God has given me. I can harbor ill intent. Or I can choose to let it go to God. We need to get involved in local church ministries because when we do, we begin to understand our purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are His workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. Again, He saved you to serve. That's what this passage is telling us. And it comes in the context of Ephesians 2, how you were dead and you were quickened and made alive, and it's by grace you are saved. It's not of your works. It's a gift of God. But when we receive that gift of salvation, that salvation that's been worked in, we should work out with fear and trembling. We should desire to move forward in the grace of God, producing those good works by the Spirit of Christ that now dwells within us. In other words, I yield my life. I get self out of the way. I die to self. And I let Christ rule in my heart. Let Christ have preeminence. Let Christ sit on the throne of the circumstance, of the situation, and yield to Him in how I walk this out. For His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. One way you can do that is by getting involved in the local ministry. Well, I don't know what I can do, Pastor. Well, then do something. Try ten different things till you find where you fit. Because if you're born again, the Scriptures make it real clear, God has invested in you a spiritual gift. And that gift is to be used to edify the body. It's to build up the body of Christ so that you will be able to go and do the work of the ministry. And so that's what we're called to do. And if we're going to be good and faithful in our commission, this is part of it. I've been gifted uh, spiritually to serve. Again, I'm not going to go to all these passages. You can write them down. But if you want to look at it and examine, well, maybe I don't know what my spiritual gifts are, then start here. Please start here. Go to Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. Pray about, you know, which one of these is, is an area that God has equipped me with? He's given me, God's given you a spiritual gift. What is your spiritual gift? God, how can I use this? How can I plug in and, and utilize this gift? And if you want to serve, don't expect us to, to come and, and, and call you and, and beg you and plead you. Please, guys, get out of your seat and come tell us. Hey, Pastor Mark, I heard that you were looking for um, some, some help. I want to help. I don't know exactly what I can do um, with, with the help with, with the nursery, but, but uh, Melissa, I'm willing to help. What, what can I do? We need to get involved in a local church ministry. And let me just say this right now. If you're here today and you're not serving in a local church ministry, I'm talking to you. And it's okay. It's a little scary to step out. I understand. But guys, that's what God's called you to do. And we want to come alongside you and help you find where you fit, where you serve. And it may take some time, you know, to figure that out. And that's okay if you step into something and you realize, yeah, this isn't really what I think I need to be doing. That's okay. Communicate that. But don't give up. Don't go back on the back pew, sit soaking sour. You know, step into something else. Again, prayerfully asking God, how would you have me use my spiritual 
gift. The ministry involvement can enhance biblical understanding. Did you realize that as you begin to serve and exercise your gift, it will help you grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ? You'll begin to understand a little bit more this, this big picture. You'll begin to understand uh, these things that these pastors have been preaching and teaching about, this goal of, of making, uh, reaching the lost and making disciples. John 7, 17 says, If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. But you've got to will to will first. You've got to be willing to get out of your seat to follow after that which is being taught. You've got you, you to know. You've got to will in order to know. Does that make sense? Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll put some more scripture up to maybe help clarify. That again, ministry involvement can help biblical, enhance biblical understanding. John 2.9 says this, When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine. Y'all remember Jesus turned the water into wine, right? The master of the feast tasted this wine. He did not know where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water, they knew. Why did they know? They were there. They were willing. They did what the master of the masters asked them to do. They trusted Christ at His word. They obeyed His word. And by faith, they experienced firsthand what had taken place. You want to experience the move of God? You want to experience firsthand what God is doing at Community Baptist Church? Get involved. And you'll begin to know and understand some things you probably have never known and understood before. You'll begin to see the big picture of what the master of the masters is doing. Third thing, disciple someone and be discipled by someone. I would venture to guess most of you've never really been discipled, never really been invested in, never really had that one-on-one life done with you. Some of you have, many of you have. Now, again, we provide opportunities that, that represent a form of discipleship, okay? Even the pulpit teaching right now is a form of discipleship. The, the classes before, being a godly man, the, the women's uh, class that they were doing earlier, these are forms of discipleship. We're investing in you, we're pouring into you the Word of God, and that is a form of that. Our small groups provide those opportunities. But guys, there's nothing like making that connection and to begin to and pour into each other. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen? God's called us to do this. We need to be discipled so that we can make disciples. One of the things we've, again, just, we're going to be launching um, Monday night. Uh, my wife and I are going to try to invest in some couples that uh, aren't married, and we're going to spend some time working with them for six months. That's the goal, six months. And then we're going to, sorry, newsflash for those of you, now they won't show up, honey. <laughs> we're going to ask you at the end of that six months to do the same with some others. 
maybe right here in this church or maybe somewhere else, but that you would invest in others for six months and begin to multiply that. We just finished up around, and those of you know who you are. I pray that you will respond. Ask God to put on your heart who He would have you begin to invest in, to pour into, to spend life together, do life together around the things of Christ, that we might make disciples, be disciples. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And what you've heard from me in the presence of many, many witnesses, entrust a faithful man who will be able to teach others also. It can't die with you, church. This is a multi-generational relay race. You've got to hand the baton off. You've got to pass it on. We're not sitting here today if these early men of the faith didn't do what they did. And we won't be here tomorrow if we fail to pass this on. And so we must make disciples and be discipled. You guys know the Barnabas and Timothy method, Paul, Barnabas, and Timothy method. Uh, I've talked about this often here. Um, Paul, you got a Paul in your life? Every one of you needs a Paul in your life. Or a Paulette, all right? I'm just saying. Every one of us needs a Barnabas who walks beside us. A Paul's a mentor, right? Stronger, more mature in the faith that I spend time with. I spend time with. I have Barnabases who are on the same page with me that are encouragers. Do you have people around you who encourage you in the faith? Encouragers in the faith. Encourage you to walk in the things of God. Not just a friend. I didn't ask about a friend, a buddy, all right, who does gaming with you or whatever you do. I don't know. But do you have a Barnabas, somebody who actually encourages you to do the right thing according to the Word of God? And do you have a Timothy? Someone you pour into, a younger in the faith, maybe somebody that you can mentor. We all need these kind of relationships, guys, as followers of Christ. We all need these relationships. Fourth thing, what can you do in 2022? Be faithful to attend. Be, be faithful to attend. Uh, again, it's not my idea. God said in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, He said, and let us consider... How to stir up one another to love and good works. Okay, Pastor, you've been telling us things we need to be doing. How are we going to do this? Well, number one, it's going to be because we're gathering together so that we can stir each other up to do these things. Because if you're not here, you're not aware of what's going on. You don't know what's happening. You're, again, you're not in the service, in, so you're not in the know. And, and yet, again, Scripture says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and, and good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. The Lord's return is soon. It's a lot sooner when this, than when this was written. There's ever been a time, guys, for you and I not to forsake the opportunity to get together and be equipped to do the work of the ministry. It's in a day in which we live. And I'm afraid there's too many of us that have allowed things to come in our lives to pull us away. I remember 13 years ago when I came here. 13 years ago when I came here, be 13, I think, in June. Our Wednesday night Bible studies, there were many times where that room was packed 
there were many times we'd have to come out here and meet. I'm still teaching the Word of God. I know what happened, guys. I know what happens in my life. It's the same thing that gets in between me and God. It's the same thing that gets between you and God. And that's why I need you. That's why you need me. That's why we need each other. And so I want us to encourage each other to be faithful so that we'll not grow weary in well-doing. But in due season, we will reap. Be faithful to 10. 1 Corinthians 4, 2 says, Moreover, it's required. God requires us to be faithful? Yeah. It's required in stewards that one be found faithful. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not cherry-picking uh, places. This is, read it in its context, guys. Read the whole scripture. Does God, yes or no, want us to be faithful to the things He's laid out to us? Yes. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. God expects you and me, He requires you and me as followers of Christ to follow Him, to be faithful in our following Him. That's what God has called us to do. And by His grace, may we do that. Be faithful to attend. Colossians 4, 7, and then on in verse 9, Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. Well, what if he just decided not to show up that night? <laughs> I mean, really, I'm just saying. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. Praise God for the faithfulness of the saints. Praise God for the perseverance of the saints. Praise God for those of us who have stumbled along the way, but by God's grace, He's picked us up, He's cleaned us off, and we're ready to move forward. God's grace is sufficient. God's not so much concerned with where we've been. It's where we are and where we're going. And so I don't know where you've been. I know where you are today. Praise God for you. You're here today. Let this be a, a, a cry and a heart cry to the Lord that in 2022, I will do what He wants me to do. Lord, let me know what you want me to do in 2022. I want to do that. By your grace, help me to do that. By your strength, help me to do that. Be faithful to attend. Hebrews 3, 2, and 5. Who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterwards. Again, these are markings of men of God. These are markings that should be of us to be faithful. Fifth thing, moving along quickly because I want to try and not keep you here all day. Give generously. Oh, here he goes. Preacher's going to talk about giving. Well, guys, I have to. It's in the Bible. Give generously. You know, we are, we are most like God when we're giving. For God so loved the world that He gave. And boy, what did He give? He gave His only begotten Son. 
and that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting God gave the greatest thing he could give. He gave of himself. Think about that. It all belongs to God anyway. If I say I believe the scriptures, it all belongs to God. You are fooling yourself if you think you own anything. You don't own nothing. I don't own nothing. I'm a manager. I've simply been entrusted to manage. Everything that I think belongs as a possession to me will one day go to someone else. And it happens in your life. It happens in every life. The question is, what are we doing with the things that God has entrusted us to manage? And so if we want to be Christ-like, we need to be generous. We need to live generously. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7 says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves cheerful I hope you're cheerful when you're giving. And if you're not, I encourage you to, to ask God to give you a cheerful heart in, in that. Ask God to give you a cheerful heart. Guys, again, you... I don't ask to know who gives what. I don't want to know that information. But I do want to know, just like I want to know you're praying, just like I want to know you're witnessing, I want to know you're giving. And and so just some simple math, and again, I'm not very good at math, but my understanding is we have 50 giving units in this church. 50 giving units in this church. Now, if you take a medium household income, medium household income, right? What would you think a medium household income would be in LaGrange? Somebody. Anybody know? Think 35, that low? Household, the whole household. Okay. Anybody else? What was it in the uh, Lighthouse area? It was like 50-something, wouldn't it? I, I, think it's, uh, I, think it's, I think it's somewhere between 50 and 70. I could be wrong. I think individual income is probably 35. I think it's somewhere between 50 and 70 total household income. Either way, let's split, let's, let's, let's split the difference here. Let's just say 50,000 is a household income, total household income. 50 times 50. 250? Does that sound right? Huh? Somebody help me out. What is it? 250, what? Oh, help me out. 50, 50 times 50,000. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm doing it in my head. I told you I need help with math. 50 times 50,000. What you got? <laughs> 250,000, right? Tell me if I'm wrong. Please help me out. What's 50 times 50,000? Thank you. Okay. It's a lot of money, right? We can agree to that. It's a lot of money. Let me ask you this way Did we make our budget? Did we make our budget? Come on, help me out. Man, y'all, y'all are just. Thank you. Yeah, because they don't want to give the whole salary. Thank you, brother. See, I told you I had need had some help with math. So if you gave 10%, wow! I knew he was going to get to 250000 eventually. Yeah, hey, hey, if you want to give your full salary income, I mean, I ain't going to argue with that. That's between you and God. <laughs> but 
Even if we just simply did a basic, biblical, 10% starting place. Does 250000 Josh Pridgen, does 250000 make the budget? Absolutely it does. It does, guys. We've got 50 given units. I'm just saying, it's not... Where's the problem? I know where the problem is. I know where the problem is in this area. And I also know what, I, what, what God had to do in my heart and life to get me to a point to understand this. And I'm not, listen, don't think I've arrived. I, I told my wife the other day, you know, I long for the life where I can just, I just want to just hilariously give. I want to hilariously give because that's what God calls me to do. And I'm not there yet, <laughs> and some of you may not be there yet, but where are you? Start somewhere. We had to fall under the conviction of the Spirit of God at one point in our life where we recognized, and you've heard my testimony, I was in the ministry, and we were giving at the end of our paycheck. And I dropped 20 in the plate, or I dropped 10 in the plate, or whatever it was that we had left. And it was backwards. And I, I got convicted. But they didn't teach us in seminary and Bible college about this. They just didn't. There was no class on this, which baffles my mind. And through the study of God's Word and through a uh, Dave Ramsey course, I read a book, uh, Living Large, even on a little, my heart began to be open before a holy God. And, his, and this is in essence what, what I was challenged in. Jeremy, you trust me with your soul? You don't trust me with your wallet? That's not trust. And my wife and I repented and took a huge step of faith that scared our, well, I was going to say scared our pants off, but uh, that would have been really scary. But it was scary. I knew on paper, we can't do this. We're not, God, we're not going to be able to pay our bills. We're going to look like a real idiot then. Because I don't want to be those jokers who are, who are you know, up in it in debt and in a ministry. And tell, yeah. Trust me. Try me in this. Test me in this and see if I don't open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing on you, you can't handle it. And so we said, okay, God, by your grace, we're going to put it on the front end. And by the front end, we began to give 10% of our giving on the front end. By faith, had no clue how we were going to make ends meet. Baby starting to come. <laughs> baby after baby after baby. Guys, let me just tell you. By the grace of God, the goodness of God, to the glory of God, we've never wanted for anything. He's always provided for us. And that doesn't mean that, that we live on a, you know, a mansion up on a hill. Not here. We drive one vehicle in a family of six and two of our teenagers have to, three of our teenagers have to share the same room. You know what? We're joyful because of the goodness of God, the abundance and the bountiful goodness of God. Trust God. I know it's scary. We've been there. I get it. But you will see, you will see blessing like you've never seen when you simply by faith trust God in this area. The early church, they understood. Luke 6, 38 says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. I mean, these are principles of Scripture. God can't lie. Sixth thing, pray more. Oh, man. You exposed my weakness again, Lord. Pray more. I think if we're all honest here, 
This is an area where in 2022 we definitely need to be doing. Praying more. James 5.16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Guys, we need to be praying. We need to be praying for each other. We need to be confessing. We need to be confessing our sins to the Lord and to each other. This is what God has called us to do. We need to pray more. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. Brethren, pray for us. Paul asked often, pray for us. I'm going to ask you often to pray for Pastor Dean, Pastor Mark, for myself. Because it's biblical. Okay? That, that's not being self-centered. <laughs> this is for the sake of the gospel. This is for the sake of the ministry. Pray for us. Pray for us, brethren. Pray for us. I desire, therefore, that the men everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, were to pray. We're to pray. And seventh, last point, we need to learn to love greater. We need to learn to love greater. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. Let me ask you a question this morning. How has God loved you? I know how He's loved me. I had an old buddy of mine, some of you may have seen the post, and this old buddy of mine, schoolmate of mine, he, he remembers the old Jeremy. And a lot of times these guys will try to take pop shots on social media to try to, you know, somehow... You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what their motives are sometimes. I don't know. But I know in this case, and I don't think he meant anything bad by it. I, I know this guy, and, and I've been praying for him, and I see the Lord actually at work in his heart and his life. And, and so I don't, I'm, not, I'm not trying to necessarily put this on him. Though this happens often. But it was something to the effect of my past life of drinking and carousing and some of these things that, that, that we used to do in the foolishness of my youth and in, in the sinful days of my past. And actually it became an opportunity to testify to the grace of God. Because I'm not that man I used to be. Oh, I know you guys see a very imperfect individual with a lot of flaws. I'm not denying that. In fact, I would say this, you think I'm bad? It, it, it's a lot worse. It's a lot worse than you think. but I know the blood of Christ cleanses me from all my sins. And I know the grace of God is sufficient. And I know that one day when I stand before my holy God, I won't stand there in my flaws and imperfections. I'll stand there clothed in the grace and the blood of Christ who purchased me, who bought me out of the marketplace of sin, who's clothed me in His righteousness, and that's how you'll stand there too. The only way you and I'll stand is in Christ by the grace of God. And so we need to learn, church, to love greater because the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. You know, the problem is most of our imperfections and flaws sometimes come in the form of personality conflicts. They, they come in, in just quirks of how you do things and how somebody else does it different. 
Sometimes it's, it's a preference. You would prefer this and somebody else would prefer that. James says, why is there warring amongst you? It's because you want something and they want something and neither of you want to give. That's why you fight. That's why there's differences. Well, that's your opinion. Exactly. See, that's what I'm saying. If love can cover a multitude of sins, shouldn't love cover a lot more of our preferences and quirks and little imperfections and flaws that you and I want to magnify about each other? I know what God's forgiven me. You know what God's forgiven you. How then, if a holy God can forgive me in the wicked, sinful things that I've done in the past and knowing my framework, yet me as a sinful man can't forgive you a sinful man? Am I better than God in that? Oh, heaven forbid, Lord, forgive me. No, I am a frail framework. And you're a frail framework who desperately needs the grace and forgiveness of God. And that's what's been bestowed upon me. That's what I want to give you. That's why I want to always cover those, those quirks, those personality differences, those rubs, those opinions, those whatever, with the love of Christ. Because love covers a multitude of sin, how much more should love cover those things? But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Wow. What a reminder. Since you've purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. That's the command, guys. You want to know what you can do in 2022? Here's what we can do in 2022. We can love greater. We can love greater. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I don't know how much clearer it can get. The last time I checked, Love looks a lot different sometimes than what we display, right? God help us. Help us to let the fruit of the Spirit, let me get off the throne of my life and let you take it, Lord, that the fruit of our Spirit that shines through us would be love. But don't define love based upon what you define it. Define love based upon what the authority of Scripture says it is. You see, that's the problem. Sometimes we... we, we can I just say this, what we have in 2022? Well, we just went over. Sorry, I got to go there. 2022. You know what our problem is in 2022? It's been happening all over the world. We have a perception problem. We have a perception problem. In the world today, in politics, in our homes, in churches, just in life, we have perception problems. You see something, somebody else sees it different. Perception doesn't make it true, guys. That's why the authority of Scripture must always have the deciding factor. Let me give you an illustration. Today, Pastor Mark's class, be a godly man. Good class, good start. If you didn't make it, gentlemen, please come next Sunday. It was excellent. Be a godly man. I got up to leave early, and I was quietly sneaking out the door, and I was going to pull it shut, just enough to let it shut so I could go. Boom! I mean, it slammed loud. Did you hear me when I left? Yes, thank you. Did you see that? You hear that? That's exactly right. I really thought when I got out in that hallway, I thought, oh, snap, man. Everybody in that room thought I left mad. 
I didn't leave mad. But the perception in that room was, oof, I wonder what he's mad about. And let me just tell you how this little gossip train works. What's pastor mad about? I don't know. Boy, he left that room in a hurry. You know, I think Mark said something, set him off. I heard him before class, had a little bit of a, conf, a conversation. I bet he's... Yeah. And all of a sudden, it takes on a life of its own. And we start talking about it. And guess what happens now? Every time pastor walks out a door and it slams, ooh, he's still mad. <laughs> I didn't believe it. Somebody told me, but I just saw it. That's how perception works, guys. And I promise you, Satan loves to give you every single moment to say, aha, aha, there it was again. Did you, aha, aha. And he'll whisper that garbage to you. We got to lay that stuff down, man. That's garbage. You're my brother. You're my sister in Christ. You love Jesus Christ. You want to serve Him. You want to put your eyes on Christ. You want to do these things to bring in uh, the, the, the return of the Lord in, in His time. Let's go! We don't need to be caught up in the lies of perception. Lord, help us bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Perception. Last week I told you I was a lion, and I told you I was a hammer. And some of you envisioned, you know, a sledgehammer. Guys, this is what I was talking about. If you had a sledgehammer in mind, no, this is me. That's what I meant. You know who is, though? The sledgehammer? The Lord Jesus Christ when He returns. You want to know who the lion is? The lion of Judah when He returns to this earth. I'm simply an under-shepherd, guys. I'm simply... And this, uh, I needed one of those little bitty... You know, kind of hit the little... That's, really what, that's what I really need. One of them clam busters or whatever it is. Lobster crackers. I don't know. Love greater. By this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. we got to love greater. 1 Peter 3.8, finally, all of you, be one mind. There you go. There's an idea for 2022 at CBC. Let's all be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. 1 Peter 4.8, and above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Amen? All right. Conclusion, what can you do in 2022? You can reach someone for Jesus. You can get involved in a local church ministry. You can disciple someone or be discipled by someone. You can be faithful to attend. You can give generously. You can pray more and you can love greater. Are you in? Are you in church? Because I tell you what, if we get in on this, you wait. You wait and see if God don't open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing like we can't believe. You wait and see what God wants to do in us and through us in 2022 for the cause of Christ. 
We simply trust and obey this message today and I promise you God will work in your heart and in your life and we'll leave the results in His hands. Amen? Here's what I want to do. Because conclusion's not enough, we need application. I'm going to ask my deacons to come at this time. Pastor Mark and Pastor Dean, if I could borrow you as well. If I could get Barnett and Carver. Guys, simply what we're going to do here today, they're going to go to the back row. Start at the back row, if you'll take that one. Dr. Carver, if you'll take this as well, go to the back row and make your way forward. Just want to make sure everybody gets one of these first. Just hand those out first. Pastor Dean and Pastor Mark's going to be up here um, holding the plates, or you can just hand them to them, whatever. Guys, I want you to take these cards. On these cards are simply the, the seven points, the things you can do in 2022. And I'm going to ask you, don't put your name on it. Don't put your name on it. Unless, I'm going to give you a second here in just a minute for some who can put their name on it. But what I want you to do, no name on it, I want you to buy in this closing moment of prayer, I want you to check what God would have you do in 2022. And I don't want you to just write down, I want you to really, Lord, what would you have me do in these areas? What's my response today? I've heard the Word of God taught. I want to be not just a hearer, I want to be a doer. What would He have you do in 2022 in these areas? And I want you to put a check there. Now, if you put, I want to be discipled or I want to disciple someone. If you put, hear me out if you tuned out, if you put, I want to be discipled or I want to disciple someone. I want you to circle which one you're wanting. I want to be discipled. Or I want you to circle, I want to disciple someone. And I want you to put your name on the back if that's what you want to do. Okay? That's the only area where you would put your name on it. I want to disciple someone or I want to be discipled. And I want everybody in here. There's no reason why every single person isn't responding. And so I want you to take a moment to do that. As those are being handed out, let's look to the Lord in prayer as we commit this to Him. Father, I've sought to honor You today. I've sought to preach Your Word. I've tried to exalt Christ. Lord, I recognize that You must bring the increase. You must build the house. Lord, move on hearts. These are your people. They belong to you. Lord, help us to look to you in this new coming year as it's upon us to renew our relationship with you, to renew our relationship with one another, to seek your face, to simply be a tool in your hand to labor for the cause of Christ. Lord, I pray right now as many are, are prayerfully considering what do I check, what do I circle. Lord, I know it can be a scary step, but may they pray by your grace, God, I'll trust you in this. I'm not sure about this, Lord, but I'm going to trust you in this. Whatever those areas are, Lord, let them have the faith to take that step even today. And Lord, you remind them and honor that because it's committed to you. Encourage them in that. Help us to encourage them in that. Help us to facilitate that. Help us, Lord, to be the church you call us to be. Your hands and your feet. And Father, we will give you the praise because we ask it in the glorious name that is above every name. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And for His sake, we pray. Amen.